And it goes for 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Yeah, the Dharma boys are in the hatch tonight. And you know we're gonna crash like it's 815. Yeah, the Dharma boys are in the hatch tonight. And you know we're gonna crash like it's 815. Okay, let's put him on news voice. Hello! No, I'm just kidding, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, hello, and hello. welcome back to another episode of the Dharma Boys, a lost podcast. I'm Vincent Taylor. And I'm Taylor Wilson. We're coming to you live for, uh, on the island here in the the Wakanda Forever station. Um, mm. A quick word of warning, this show does contain adult language and lost spoilers. This week we're discussing season one, episode seven, The Moth. What is this? What the hell is this episode about, man? I missed this one too. This episode is about two boys from Manchester, England, um, a guy named Liam and his brother, whose name escapes me. They go on a whirlwind adventure, traveling the world, touring their music, playing Wonderwall wherever they can, and they inspire millions without a hitch. This is true. They have a great <laughs> relationship as well, and I think we've kind of summed it all up. That's about it. So, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> you know the guy who plays Liam's American? That's not like a is trivia it, thing. It's just uh, is he really? the thing I just found out. When he said um, this episode... Yeah, and I, I guess it makes sense because... I think there's a delay. Go on. I was going to say... Um, I think there might be a slight lag here. Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah, I think so. I think there's a delay. I don't know what is... Let me see if... Hold on. Mm. Oh, are you there, man? I am. Okay. I can't see you. That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. I'll, I'll be honest. I think I might be to blame here because I... Um, For a while, I think there was a bit of a delay. It seemed like... Okay. Do we just want to roll with it? Yeah, that's fine. Let's just... I mean, I'll just... I'll, I'll, what I was going to say was, Liam, this is the first episode where you really hear, like, the English people say sodding all the time in replace for fucking. Like, yeah, they're always like, oh, this sodding this or this sodding that. And uh, I, the moment I like really tuned into that was when Liam, Liam says it to Charlie at one point. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. I wonder if these two very English people were like, people don't say sodding like this, but that guy's American. So I guess he wouldn't have thought of it. Right. Like, it's just uh, Dominic Monaghan going on and being like, yeah, people really do say this. In English, I a lot. <laughs> right. Well, I I assume Liam is either actually straight up really British or not because he like his accent is noticeably different than Charlie's and he'll you know yeah. baby brother. Yeah. So baby brother. Yeah. Is bloody <laughs> actually a curse in the UK? I I have multiple I friends from there. Never asked that. I don't think it's a curse enough. In the Where? scene where he says it and he's like, "We're in a church." I don't think. I don't think that that conversation would realistically happen. That's fair. like I don't, that I don't think I don't think someone would correct some. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like anytime I've ever heard it, I mean, it's a. I guess it's like a swear word, but it, it's so mild over there, right? You know, I, I don't know. They use a, like they'll use certain words that are that would be more offensive in America, right? Yeah, I've heard many an American say that uh, bloody is the same as fucking, and I highly, highly doubt that, actually. Um, it might be like a heck or a damn. Yeah, so it would be like if we were at a church and you were like, let's get the heck out of here. And I was like, dude, language. Okay. Oh, yeah, don't say heck in the church. Yeah, exactly. Oh, holy that shit. Church is, also, is, that, is that church, Harry uh, uh, Hogwarts? You know, I didn't know. It didn't come up in trivia, so it may well be. 
It looks like uh, the courtyard. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is a beautiful church. The, in the in the flashback where it starts out, I think Dominic Monaghan really shines, uh, and he nails the awkwardness of that confession scene. Man, it's actually really, really oh, enjoyed. It's it so good. It was just very like, what timing when he <laughs> that I watched the two of them have relations. <laughs> it's just so like. It's almost like he's bragging in a way. Yeah, like he's like, oh, my band, we're really, we're really kicking ass. I'm getting laid all the time, father. Yeah. Sick as fuck. I'm sorry. It's awesome. That's an interesting part about this episode. Episode is you realize why Charlie's always telling people that he's in the band. Mm-hmm. Like I think he only sees value in himself because of the band. Yeah. Uh, so he's just kind of, hey, drive chat, and I don't think that he looks at them like they're Oasis, but they're more like. <laughs> Yeah. whatever one hit wonder you know like they are basically um yeah, and he just wants over you and i can't really name in real life because we don't know who they are exactly yeah <laughs> absolutely liam's mr cool though huh yeah, sitting there with cool. feet kicked back just not giving a shit about the sanctity of a church <laughs> yeah, true. Really? what's sad about liam is that or the liam charlie relationship is a, on the island um, Charlie's just constantly trying to be useful mm-hmm. and throughout the flashbacks you see that his brother just manipulated him into thinking he was useful yeah because he or he was useful to him at the time but made him feel like he was somebody and worthwhile while Liam was just getting high to the point where they eventually just like you kind of see them switch roles I guess yeah and Liam let me see my notes here Liam sucks so bad that's what I have written down. <laughs> he's a, he's a giant bastard. Um, I I think he's a likable bastard. Uh, but he, I don't know. I mean, we're jumping all over the chronology of the flashback, but I don't give a shit. Um, at the end of it, even no, though I was Liam just like a- offered the help, Liam, even though he offers the help, Charlie, he's super judgy when he remembers that, or when he realizes that Charlie's still using. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ, man. Like, he's almost kind of got like a seriously, dude. Like, it's it's awful. Like, Charlie. Like, the heroin I did was in your dressing room, dude. On the counter that you were using the heroin on. Like, that's a. He almost seems to blame Charlie. He's like, you remember the night I missed my daughter's birth? I was stumbling around with you. And it's just like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, this it, is not. This isn't his fault. I and also, he should so, know. As a sober person, wouldn't that be a part of the sobriety is realizing, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he, Charlie, you know, got too many chances, so Liam just had to let it go. But it's just – Maybe Liam – maybe he kind of alleviates his sense of guilt by putting a lot of blame on his brother. Maybe he looks yeah. back and instead of thinking, wow, I was into drugs, that sucked, he thinks – yeah, Charlie really made me do that shit, huh? Wow, that's a bummer. I don't know why he did that. Yeah, that yeah, that might be a part of it. You might be right there. I think I the uh, the first thing I wrote down was, or the first two things was, even in confession, Charlie can't help but mention his band. And the second mm-hmm. one was, what a terrible place to come off of heroin. Yeah, dude, it really like is. If, if he had that conversation with his brother right before he left, and he thought, well, like fuck my brother and this tour that I wanted to go on and everything, and then now. You're stuck on this island. <laughs> He's on an island. It's probably yeah. 90 to 100 degree heat, uh, 100% humidity, and he's wearing a black hoodie. Yep, I all the time. I, I can relate to it as someone who wears hoodies and jackets <laughs> in the summertime. 
but yeah. I was still gonna call it out. The island's kind of cool. Uh, it's pretty cool, huh? No, <laughs> that's all I have for the my on island notes. Kate okay. says she mentions. I love that they do this. She she mentions like it's been you know eight days, a little over yeah. a week. Mm-hmm. It's been eight days for them. But if you're someone watching at home week by week as it aired, it's been six weeks for you. Right. And I like those little reminders because we, the audience, you know, you're sitting there thinking like, oh, damn, this is taking forever, man. Oh, wow. It's been like, you know, months and months. Why aren't they doing this? Why isn't this happening? It's like, man, it's been like no time at all. Like every episode is a day, maybe two. You know, yeah. it's not lightning flash pace. Well, at least early on, it's not a lightning fast pace. But I'm glad for those little check-ins to kind of keep up our on-island calendar. Yeah, just so we know where we're at, because it feels like this, uh, like, French woman signal thing has been happening for a while, and they've been figuring that out, and this is yet another task for them to do regarding that, and we're still not completely moved into the caves yet. There are certain things, you know, certain things that you need that reminder just because it may have only been in a day and a half since they decided to move to the caves. True. I'm very glad the transceiver thing comes to a head in this episode. I was getting really honestly tired of hearing that. Like every other episode is like, we've got to try and get a signal and get the transceiver and get a signal. And it's just like, okay, 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 I get it. It's not going to work. One of my my notes is, uh, is, uh, it says, Saeed is the smartest person on this island and everyone treats him like he's dumb. (laughs) Yeah, like he's dumb as shit. (laughs) Every time he brings up a really smart idea that would require someone who is a genius, frankly, they're always like, but will that work? What are you going to do, Boone? Yeah, that's a good point. He's like the only electronics guy on the island who knows shit about this. Muhammad's going to run into the <laughs> jungle. Shut up, Sawyer. Also, Sawyer not, on- Muhammad. <laughs> not only does Sawyer call him this horrible, horrible racist nickname, he doesn't even fucking pronounce it right. <laughs> such a bastard <laughs> but Sawyer was was kind of interesting to me in this episode uh, to, to start off they need that uh that that battery or whatever so Kate decides the best way to lose Sawyer is to take the old uh insulting the shit out of him approach <laughs> yep <that's it. laughs> she, she really lays it on pretty thick man I know he's a dickhead but like I was I, I mean I was watching and I was like Jesus Christ yeah, like, she's how, relentless. I, is it like paint up rage? Is it just like I'm so sick of this guy? And he gives a soft face to her. Like he almost like acquiesces a few times where he's just like mm-hmm. he's got like a I can't believe you're saying this to me. But I don't know if like uh <laughs> I don't know if it translates into oh <laughs> I think from what everything that I know about the situation is that Jack is dead and I'm not going to tell Kate until it's incredibly inconvenient. Like, I don't know if her being mean translates to, I've just got this knowledge and I'm going to run into the jungle, help Kate and then not tell her for hours that Jack might be dead. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I will say a very, very small petty part of me saw that scene and was like, you know what? I, I get it. I get it. I don't really get it. I would be like, okay, shut up, Kate. Listen, Jack's in a cave. Uh, he's dead. He's been crushed by stones. Uh, but you know what? It's all you were talking about. This makes sense for him. 
I don't mean to jump around, but I do think it's interesting that they don't actually sh- show Sawyer activating the machine and setting off the firework. Hmm. That like, is interesting. As I someone hits Saeed with that big stick. Yeah, I just think that that's a that's an interesting choice to show Shannon doing that, but to focus on Sawyer and Kate and their relationship and how they communicate. I think it's interesting to focus on that for an episode and not really the Shannon. Like, Shannon's kind of, okay, you have to do this, and that's the only thing they mention. But the Sawyer-Kate thing seems like a bigger chunk of the episode, and yet we don't see the closure of Sawyer doing that other than the firework going up in the air. You know, they don't make the, they don't make the conscious choice to have filmed showing Sawyer do that. This is true, but I guess for the sake of the story in in this, you know, and if we're even looking at a Sawyer story, the end of his story in this episode is that moment of kind of a a cruel reveal that he's been holding that secret from Kate, you know? Yeah, I guess that is, yeah, I don't know how much more they would have done. Yeah, you're right, though. Well, I mean, there's some intrigue, and I, I think that this is something we'll actually talk a lot more about next episode of Memory Serves, but, uh, uh, Sawyer and the fact that we didn't see him set that off is definitely intentional. I guess that is. Oh yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. I, I just want to say before we move on, <laughs> thank you. Uh, before we move on, I just want to say, and I don't usually come at loss like this, but I really, I really hated the Sawyer Kate conversation. I just at the end where they're sitting there and Sawyer, what does he say? He's like, so what is it about that guy, Jack? And it's just like, I don't know, it just felt so gossipy in high school. And I, yeah, I, I kind of hated it. I hated the whole thing. And uh, it's fine. I mean, I'm not going to, it's not the worst. But, you know, it just kind of reminds me like this, this Jack and Kate thing. It's just so blah for me right now. Yeah. It doesn't always feel that way, but it's like, it feels like such like a corporate network decision to push, push their thing so hard and have it be included in some way, like, every single episode. Yeah, it just, yeah, it definitely feels like a note that would have been like, well, we need to forward this, uh, you know, a little bit forward in this episode. And then I think even though you could say in the way that Sawyer talks to Kate about it, seems like he's also interested in her, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's, so you're not only getting that, but also I get I, I feel like starting a love triangle or planting the seeds for that to happen. Um, right. And yeah, I totally agree. I agree that it's not very even so. Like rewatching it now, I don't feel like Kate and Jack at this point anyway feel natural at all. No, it feels very forced. It feels like there's two people that found each other and latched on super hard, and it's weird because. I feel like they have meaningful relationships they're forming with, like, both of those characters, Jack and Kay, are forming meaningful relationships with everyone except each other. But we keep seeing them, and it's, it's I don't know, it's just very much like being told that it's happening versus, you know, it's, it is, it's uh, yeah. telling, not showing. I mean, so far, what we've seen of them, as far as just their actions as characters, for the most part, I mean, Kate helps a few times, and... Uh, I, helps with his back in the beginning and or with his injury, Jack's injury uh, in the first episode, but there's not much else. They're also like, they have two completely different ideas of what their goals are on this island. Like Jack goes to the caves and Kate is like, 
I do not want to come here. It's only been eight days. Like they don't, they don't seem compatible is what I'm getting at. Like the, everybody's telling us they are, and it doesn't seem that way. That's so true. They keep saying like, look at that chemistry they've got. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Their chemistry is their, their exact opposites. <laughs> it's their chemistry is that they are an attractive man and an attractive woman on this island and full uh, of other attractive their rocks off eventually yeah. i i don't want any uh what so back in the day there was the fandoms and they may still be around i don't know but they would use jate jack and kate was the name shaders <laughs> to come for my neck so i'm just gonna say i actually have no beef with their relationship later on i do think lost grows into itself in a lot of ways yeah absolutely early on, early on this is one thing i'm not a big fan of for sure what about um, on the docket man i think man um an important thing here is on the island i mean we're seeing where the addiction everything came from off the island in charlie's flashbacks but on the island Locke is the one that is choosing to help charlie and what a weird journey that is kinsey walked by as Locke laid out his little plan and said yeah he's kind of a dick <laughs> and i he's like you know he is helping in in a in a good way ultimately yeah. he's kind of like a wise shaman and he's kind of a, I don't know, there's something kind of dickheadish about this. No, I, I was watching it, and I, what gives you the right is what I kept thinking. Like, yeah. he, Locke has experienced a miracle on this island, but he doesn't reveal that to anyone. Takes mm -hmm. Charlie's drugs, and he's like, you're going to come off of this. And if you ask me three times, I'll give it to you. <laughs> exactly. Locke, like, Locke sets it up. He's like, this is going to be like some cool biblical parable I, that Charlie. I'm the main about. character in this story, and I'm going to help Charlie. That's what Locke yeah. is. Locke has spent he, his whole life thinking he's the main character. Life has constantly told him he isn't. Yeah. And then now he's on this island, and this is his one sign that he might be. And he's like, I'm going to run with it. <laughs> So I'm taking everything. I'm helping That's everybody. True. And no one he does help. He sees himself as kind of this arbiter of uh, everyone else's journeys and how he's going to kind of run the show on that. Yeah. He's playing Based God off. a little bit. He is a little bit. I, I can't I can't be too mad because in the end, it, it you know, it helps Charlie. It, he it just does the means. Yeah, the classic John Mock move too. Just, you know, I love the guy. What can I say? Yeah. But he's winging it. What if Charlie? Yeah, what if, what, yeah. What if the third time Locke just gave him the heroin, and then Charlie just did the heroin? What if when he told Charlie to come out in the jungle with him at the very beginning, the boar like fucked Charlie's shit up? <laughs> Charlie <laughs> got very gored, and his intestines were hanging out. And Locke was like, "Oh my god!" No, I think Locke. No, knowing no, Locke wouldn't have done that. He would have. He would have seen Charlie get gored. He would have killed the boar. And then, as Charlie was dying, Locke would have said, "You make good bait, Charlie." And then oh, no. just more the same line. He would have said the, the same thing, but it doesn't change. Locke no. walks away. Yeah. Oh man. With the boy, you make good bait, <laughs> Charlie. So <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just so insane. bad. The last words Charlie hears on this earth. I I felt so bad for him, man. It's one of those situations. He's like he's kind of acting a fool. I mean, and, and I get it because I think we've all been there as people in that situation where you're like, I don't know, you just feel like you're 
not anyone's favorite person that day. Uh, nobody seems down and no one seems to have time for you. And, uh, you know, everyone is always doing something on this island. It's an island like, it's like, the, it's like if Skyrim were an island. There's always some quest to do. There's always some journey. And it's like, what the hell do I do, you know? Yeah. And I think at the same time, though, he's not um... – He's trying, you know, he wants to stay busy because he wants a distraction from coming off of uh, the heroin. Um, but he won't, he wants to be everyone's friend and wants to help people, but without giving away his secret. True. And ironically, I think if he were open about that, then people would be more willing to find a place for him. Yeah. You know, they, they would they would see they would seek him out in order to give him something to do and the rock thing i mean in my mind it's not his fault when the rocks collapsed and i when the rocks collapsed i felt so bad for him because everything else he had done had kind of been his fault and just him being in the way and then the rocks fall and i just um uh i like my heart sunk a little because it was just that's not his fault and i felt like he was just going to project it on himself but yeah but he didn't, you know what he did? He, he was a hero and he was like, I can fit in there. And he just found his purpose in his own way, which I guess is the other way to do it. Right. So. Yeah. He causes the old underground avalanche, uh, also known as a cave in, I guess. And he, he, he does, uh, clean up the mess he made, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it isn't really his fault. Like he happened to get heated, but like, I don't, there, there was, nothing intentional about what happened so no not at all the moth thing is cool because uh charlie's you know he he is the moth moths are rad actually and this is the first time i ever realized that i love moths now but back then i never really thought about them and when Locke gave that little speech they're pretty cool bugs man i just wanted to plug that and say that moths are cool but uh back to the episode the cave is charlie's chrysalis yeah. I did like that. Um, you know what? I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't decide at first if I loved it or not, and then I've landed on that I do. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe it's a little too on the nose. Kind of sees the light and kind of pokes through. Because I actually forgotten that was what was going to happen. Yeah. Um. So when. Um, when Locke's explaining like the chrysalis metaphor, I'm like, oh, I see. Charlie's going to come off of the heroin. He's going to be the moth. But no, then he actually like literally emerges from this small, you know, bit of light. And I, I love that that actually came back in as a real tangible thing. It wasn't just, it was a metaphor, but there was something physical that happened in the transformation, you know? True. Charlie does go in and come out a new man. So I think that his journey is uh, just beginning, but we've, we've known it to come. I mean, we have known that it has been coming uh, ever since it crashed. We knew that this guy was going to. I'm having trouble hearing you. Oh, you can't can you hear me? Just repeat what you said. Yeah, I can hear you now. What's up? Repeat what you just said. I was just saying, um, we've known this was coming for a while. You know, it was uh, yep. evident that he was going to run out of this stuff and, uh, you know, Locke's little gambit, it worked. First, Charlie was angry. And then I think he kind of came to him almost hat in hand and ashamed. And then he finally kind of, even though he was like 
in a pretty rough spot, looking like a, a horrible, sweaty monster. He he took ownership of that, and uh, he is the one who decided to destroy his drugs, man. Yeah. This is the yeah. sweatiest episode on record. I just want to point that out. There's so many sweaty, <laughs> sweaty people. And dirty. Everybody's so slick. Even in the flashbacks. Liam's sweaty as shit. <laughs> You're so right. It's sweaty as it's sweatiest episode on record for sure. That's <laughs> it's it's pretty wild. Sweatiest man. episode ever. <laughs> I only have a couple more things about some people that we haven't really talked about. Uh, Michael. Yeah. It's cool that Michael has been a, a present character in just about every episode. Uh, he's Definitely. got some utility in this one. And I really like that Michael's the one to kind of uh, correct. And I think by doing that, defending the, the Quans when Hurley incorrectly is like, oh, they're Chinese, you know, can't speak Chinese. And my, I, I like that Michael's the one. They're Korean, man. It's like, yeah. Let's see here. Yeah. Ignorant piece of shit. He <laughs> doesn't say that. But that's good stuff though. I agree. I, I really like that part really resonated with me. Like it's kind of like that first um that first sign that things are on the mend for some people on the island and their relationships, you know? That is true. Uh unfortunately that's not the case for Jin. It is cool that Jin helps out, but Jin once again says a mean thing to his wife. So Waiting for that, waiting for that corner turn, Jin. Hopefully soon. The last thing I have about the on island stuff is uh, Shannon. Every time we see Shannon, I feel like she embodies the early two thousands fashion. I can't comment on the different styles that are present. I can't comment on exactly what garment she's wearing, but I know that I look at it and think that looks bad. Poor Shannon. I'm sorry. You're beautiful, Maggie. Uh, you're so beautiful. Um, I, you know, you can't help the era. It's fine. But uh, <laughs> that may be, may be just about it. Charlie doesn't know how to sing his own song. Now, yep. that, now that we have heard the uh, You All Everybody track, which you could, and I did, buy and download off of iTunes back in the day. Oh, so, man. It's such a different thing. Like, you know, it's like, you all, everybody. But then when we first see him, he's doing this really weird high-pitched thing where it's like, you all, everybody. Like, it's like yeah. he's doing a weird parody of his own song. But he's doing that in a, a situation where he's trying to get someone to recognize the song. So. And make the song sound worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. It, it, it would be like, you know, like if Chris Martin of Coldplay was like, hey, I'm in Coldplay. And they're like, who? He's like, you know, yellow, like, look at the stars, look at the shot. Like, <laughs> that's not going to help at all, man. I know logically it's because they hadn't made up the song, but I'm going to just pretend it's because Charlie is fucking weird. Hey, man, with that, I've got some tail section trivia, and I'm about Let's do it. Play that music. Come on, homie, step on up for tail section trivia. These are facts we learned about. That's why it's called trivia. So here we are. Uh, trivia. There's only a couple items here. Uh, when Charlie is shown using, he is snorting brown sugar. I don't know how common that is in the industry. I feel like that would sting really bad. Worse than heroin, for sure. 
They should have just let him do the real thing. Kate at one point says, people survive plane crashes all the time. And I thought, that's not true. <laughs> but she is actually right. Um, apparently, out of all of the like possible plane malfunctions that can occur while people are on board, only 15% of the time is it uh, an incident that results in fatalities. So it's based oh, off yeah. of one source. I'm right. not going to cite it because I don't remember it. And if any of you aviation folks out there are listening and try to correct me, don't. Just, just don't. Because um, I won't do it. You. We know. <laughs> I'll call you a liar. Even things that we don't know or don't mention, we know. You don't need to tell Listen, us. Listen, whether I'm right or wrong, it doesn't matter. I already know. And none of this matters. Yes, it doesn't. And it does. A lot of threes in this one. There's three chances to get, I know it's kind of a numbers watch thing, but I just thought like, it seemed like it was kind of a literary device uh, in a way. Not quite. Right. So it's uh, three chances to get the heroin back, three uh, signals that Saeed is working with, uh, or, you know, three fireworks, three teams, whatever. And then uh, Charlie gives yep. three sinful confessions. So three is, uh, you know, pretty common in uh, Christian Catholic mythology or not mythology, I'm sorry, religion, um, the Holy Trinity, given that Charlie is a, a yeah. Catholic character and that that is so present in this, um, you know, there may be some correlation there, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. But that was it. Thanks for listening to Tell Section Trivia. Woohoo! Do you have a numbers watch for us, man? You got more now? Uh, I guess uh, the last thing is the, is the numbers watch. Uh, numbers watch. There's not much on that either. Mm. Uh, <laughs> they have uh, been on the island eight days. Charlie uh, invites Liam on an eight-week tour. Mm. And our Michael, I almost said Walt, Michael uh, is in construction for eight years he said he does he has done construction for eight years God. okay and then yeah that's it oh and then sawyer calls uh since this is what this has become to sawyer calls uh saeed muhammad who we mentioned the dark too. <laughs> still, still <so laughs> they really uh teetered the line uh uh with that early on i think what can you do man at this point <laughs> so uh, well, if that's it, just to kind of wrap things up, uh, I was going to say... Yeah, take things. us home, bud. Yeah, well, you know, if, if everyone, uh, if anyone noticed any type of weird tech or audio issues this week, uh, apologies, I believe that's on me, but, uh, you know, we're, we're going to keep polishing this thing as we go along. Uh, it's it's going to be a good thing, I promise. It already is a good thing. It's going to be a better thing. So uh, please do follow us if you care at all about our, uh, our show on social media. Uh, we got Twitter, which is at Dharma Boys, Instagram at Dharma Boys Pod, and then just Facebook. Just look up the Dharma Boys. Uh, you'll be sure to find us on there, I hope. And uh, that's really all I got. Namaste. Namaste. Wait, namaste. Sorry, let's just do this again. Thank you and namaste. Okay, don't even cut this out. They need to know. So, they need to know the uh, struggle is real. Yeah. So, okay, thank you and namaste. We're getting it. Here we go. Three, three, two, two one, one, go. Thank, thank you, you and <laughs> namaste. Uh.
Uh, it's perfect. That works. Thank you so much. It is perfect. Yeah, the Dharma boys are in the hatch tonight, and you know we're gonna crash like it's eight one five. Yeah, the Dharma boys are in the hatch tonight, and you know we're gonna crash like it's eight one five.